Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, everybody, where we bring a dorm room futon mindset to the cushy $5,000 sofa podium of F1 racing. You know, uh, sofas can actually be a lot more expensive than that. That's actually kind of like a mid-range, like West Elm sofa. I'm going to say a $25,000 sofa to the podium. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, auto journalists and couch enthusiasts, Elizabeth Blackstock. Hello, hello. And Alanis King. Hi. Me and me and my girlfriend are actually looking for a couch right now, not to completely derail the show. And, you know, we got the cats and that means that they're going to mess up this couch. So I don't want to spend too much money and feel bad about that. So I'm thinking like twelve hundred bucks is like my top. Maybe Yeah, I would feel OK with a twelve hundred dollar couch getting a little scratched up. OK, well, here's the thing. My cat, Portia, she will scratch her scratching post for everything, except oh, very well if you have something that feels like leather, oh. she loves the thrill of her claws poking oh. through into nothingness on the other side. And so you cannot have anything that feels remotely like leather because she'll just go poke, 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 poke with, with her claws <laughs> because she loves that feeling of the claws yeah. going through. I can't blame her. I would want to do the same thing. Uh, anyway, we are not here to talk about couches or cats. Unfortunately, that that, that would be a, a different podcast. It's a good now, this week, we are talking about the Brazilian Grand Prix. But first, we got to talk about everything else that happened this week. And Elizabeth, I would like to know what is going on with the Las Vegas Grand Prix? The Las Vegas Grand Prix is actually currently now more expensive than Monaco. I have crunched the numbers. This is true. The basic three-day pass for general admission is $500, and you can Ugh. get, yeah, you can get way cheaper actual grandstand seats at Monaco. The best seats at the Las Vegas Grand Prix are going to be about $2,000 to $2,500 for grandstands, and it's looking to be about $8,000 to $10,000 for shared hospitality areas. 
Uh, those premium tickets will come with like free food and drinks and stuff, non-alcoholic, but that's a disgusting amount of money. So wait, are the, the, the general admission tickets is different than getting like a seat? There's just a little like area where I think people are going to stand around and watch the race, but I think it's mostly just good. You're going to watch from a TV from what I've heard. Um, and oh, the interesting no. thing is they're selling, they're selling tickets. All of the tickets are sold in their own area. So if you buy a ticket, you can't explore the track. You only are confined to your little, little area. So if you get a grandstand oh, ticket no. and your friend gets a different one, you're not going to be able to see each other. Okay. Here's the thing. Sports are often better on TV. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> And if the Las Vegas Grand Prix is not in your budget, just remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, racing in particular is better on TV. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be a spectacle. I mean, it's going to be a thing to experience. And I would like to go to the Vegas Grand Prix. Oh, I would love to. Should you bankrupt yourself to be confined to this tiny little area um, in Las Vegas? Yes. Yes. And not be able to see anything. Elizabeth says yeah. yes. Yeah. Elizabeth says. Just throw your money at whatever problems you have and they will all go away. Overdraft the account. Go to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Don't watch a single car go nope. by except for on the TV. Like And drink your free Heineken 0%. <laughs> that's certainly a way to spend a weekend, right? Yeah. Toto Wolf has confirmed that Daniel Ricciardo is being courted by both Mercedes and Red Bull for a reserve driver spot in the 2023 season. Uh, nothing is confirmed yet. Man, I don't know. Especially with the what happened this weekend with Daniel, I'm just... I just don't know if if he deserves to be on the grid. Yeah. Well, uh, well, here's the thing. is like... You know, I think a few years ago when Daniel left Red Bull, we we were all kind of proud of him, right? Because Red Bull has this huge development pipeline and kind of once they get you in there, they keep you in there. And you can go to the top Red Bull team for a little while, but then as soon as they're done with you or they don't think you're doing well enough, they'll just knock you down to the junior team or they'll mm -hmm. knock you down somewhere else. Like you're kind of at Red Bull's expense. They get to decide what to do with you. We see this all the time. We see this with... All kinds of drivers, Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon, all of them, like you get shuffled, right? Mm -hmm. But we were all kind of proud of Daniel Ricciardo for getting out of the Red Bull system because he wanted freedom from that. And, you know, it had it had some rockiness along the way, but we were all still like, yeah, Daniel, you did your own thing. You blazed your own trail. And now he doesn't have a ride and might be a reserve driver. And now we're all just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this isn't that great. Even when he first re left Red Bull, I, I had my doubts. I didn't think it was a great decision. I understood it because he wanted to be the number one driver to and it was clear that Max was was number mm -hmm. one was numero uno. But still, I you know, there's two paths here. So he goes to Red Bull. It's familiar waters. You know, he mm -hmm. knows all the people there. We get a lot of fun social media posts. People love them. But, you know, you're kind of, it's like, you know, you're you're getting back with your ex at that point, yeah. you know? You're looking back on the good times and not realizing that also your, your, your ex might be a better driver than you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that that is something yeah. to consider. But going to Mercedes, I think Daniel stands a better champ, chance of being a world champion going to Mercedes than he does with Red Bull. I think I agree with that, actually, because I just don't see Red Bull putting Daniel Ricciardo in his seat, but I could see Mercedes doing it were Lewis Hamilton to retire. Yes. Um, 
which like theoretically wouldn't be terrible. Danny Ricardo's performance this year has just not been great. So also no, he hasn't. might just be a reserve driver for the rest of forever. In which case Mercedes seems much more chill and less emotionally chaotic than Red Bull. Um, yes, yes. I'm assuming the paycheck might be even better than Red Bull. I don't know. They're probably both just going to throw money at problems. You have to consider, okay, if I'm just going to sit around and not be on the grid, just, you know, be a backup for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. do I want to hang out with Christian Horner <laughs> or Toto Wolf? Exactly. Hmm. And if I've got to choose, I am not going to hang out with Christian Horner. <laughs> Mercedes also has an exceptional social media presence. They've done so much great stuff on TikTok. Daniel Ricardo is the next TikTok star for Mercedes. I feel like... That could do that. That in and of itself would be worth it. He doesn't need to drive anymore. He just needs to be a TikToker. Oh my goodness, no! We we were not going to have time for a conspiracy corner today, and Elizabeth has triggered the conspiracy corner, and I just think that's really not right of you. <laughs> You've got sixty seconds and go. Okay, as a disclaimer, Conspiracy Corner is not about real conspiracy. It's just beliefs I have that I like to defend. So one belief I have that I really like to defend is the fact that every single driver on the Formula One grid, minus like two, looks like they got famous on TikTok by posting thirst traps, okay? Look at Daniel Ricciardo, look at Charles Leclerc, look at Lando Norris, look at all of them. They look like they do little dances on TikTok with purple backlighting, <laughs> maybe with their shirts off, maybe with their shirts on, maybe half shirt off, half shirt on. They got famous by doing little dances on TikTok and all the people they went to high school with we're making fun of them until until they started getting followers, okay? Because this was kind of embarrassing when they were starting out because making thirst traps is not it's not a like glorified it's not it's not glory, no. right? Like you're just you're just fishing until people decide you're cute, and that's what all these people did. Lewis Hamilton looks like he does thirst traps on TikTok. They all do. What about okay. Nicholas Latifi? And that's time. That is time. <laughs> that was time? Yes. Oh, my God. All right. No, Nicholas Latifi looks like he is a videographer on the sideline of a football game. Anyway. <laughs> that is so accurate because I did that, too. Um, so, Daniel, if you're listening, I, I say roll the dice with the Germans. See what goes on at Mercedes. I think when, when Lewis retires, I think that's, that's the move. Take his seat and... Uh, then you just got to ba battle uh, a tall, lanky he's number two British again. guy. That's what yeah, he didn't want to you know, be. He can, <laughs> he's number two know. right now. Yeah. Who would you rather be number two? He's two? number like nothing right now. Like he's about to be off the grid. He's not even going to have a number. Like, McLaren <laughs> pretends they do not see him. <laughs> oh, I do not wow. See him. That's so sad. Um, in, in more sad news, Pierre Gasly is only two points short of getting 12 penalty points on his super license. So, you know, we've talked a lot this season about getting super licenses and the system to get points for your super license. Uh, you can also get points against it. And when you get 12 penalty points within a certain frame of time, <laughs> you get a one race ban. And Pierre Gasly is two points away from that. So uh, penalty points, they don't drop off your super license for a year. So um, the points on Pierre's license will be on there until May 23rd. <laughs> and he, if he gets two more penalty points, this dude is going to have to sit out for a race. And once you sit out, it's kind of like taking defensive driving. They reset your points. Oh, really? So if he sits out, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he sits out, we're good. We can drop everything. We can forget about it. He can drive poorly again for like 11 more points. Um, But yeah, so if he sits out, we're good, right? And um, Pierre uh, has said, I'm not going to lie. It's very, it's a very unpleasant situation and quite delicate. In some ways, a bit embarrassing to be standing in a position where I could be banned for a race after the season that I've done. I don't really feel like I've been particularly dangerous over these last 12 months. And that would be a harsh penalty. You know, I kind of have to agree with him because like there are some points that he got where it's like, okay, what the heck are you doing, Pierre? But then there's other ones that where you're like, how, why was he penalized for this? What's, it feels like they kind of have it out for him, even though they don't. I don't think they actually do, but it feels like it sometimes. It's just, it's bizarre, you know? Yeah. You get points for leaving the track, right? So it, yes. if you leave the track for an unjustifiable reason, which is what happened in Austria, like it, there's some points that are like that, that are just kind of silly and don't make a ton of sense. Like some of them are justified. He sped under the red flag in Suzuka, you know. I get it. Yes. But also, come on. Pierre's right. It is a bit embarrassing. <laughs> it is a bit embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, right? And if you have to sit out, I guess you have to sit out. I think some of those points have been unfair. Like, you know, we had the incident a couple of weeks ago where Pierre was speeding under red flag conditions. I think he kind of got penalized for that because he was talking a lot of about the FIA yes, and the tractor yes. being yeah. on track. And it's like, should he have gotten the penalty? Ah, probably not. But they had to even it out and tell him that he was doing something wrong, too. So speaking of, you know, the race ban, Otmar Safnauer, the team principal of Alpine, and the guy who will be Pierre Gasly's boss next, next season, has joked that he should commit a tactical foul and just go ahead and get banned before next season. But we're running out of time to do that. We're out of time, pretty much, because if Pierre gets a penalty in the next race, he's going to have to serve it later. Um, and the next race is the season finale. I would just putt around the course if I was Pierre. Just drive along. Hey, you're trying to pass me. Go ahead. Go right ahead. I'm just going. I'm going the speed limit. Doing my own thing. You're trying to get to work. I'm good. Oh, my goodness. But also, Nolan, you have to think, like, if these penalty points don't expire until May, yeah. like... Yeah. That's a lot of races you just got to put around. Of go by. That's a lot of putting around. That's true. That's true. Only Daniel Ricardo can play putt putt for that long. <laughs> oh, wow. Good luck, dude. There was so much chaos in Brazil that Pierre could have just like rammed into somebody or done something really egregious. <laughs> Takes a racing line entirely off the track. <sighs> well, we'll see what happens. That's it for news this week. Now, let's talk about the Brazilian Grand Prix, starting with the circuit at Autodromo Jose Carlos Pache, a.k.a. Interlagos. Lace up those shoes because it's time to get your step count up with our track walk. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Construction on Interlagos started way back in 1938, but it didn't host an F1 race until 1973, likely due to the popularity of Brazilian racer Emerson Fittipaldi. The track's structure is inspired by three primary circuits, Montlary in France, Brooklyn's in the UK, and Roosevelt Raceway in the US. Uh, like many pre-World War II tracks, Interlagos has banked corners with drivers beginning on a half oval. Uh, this is interesting because between 1957 and when the track returned to the F1 calendar in 1990, Interlagos could be run as an oval. The race itself is 71 laps at a 2.68 mile long lap itself. And the lap record is held by our favorite nudist, Valtteri Bottas, with a lap time of 1 minute, 10 seconds, and 54 hundredths. So I love this track. I don't know about you guys. You know, it's it's like a perfect mix of, you know, F1's kind of heritage, but also mm-hmm. being a somewhat modern, fe- it has a modern feel to it still. Yeah. Um, I really love it, especially, you know, not to bring in uh, sim racing into this, but I definitely love doing it in 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 i racing. You know, doing it in a in a a sim definitely made me appreciate a lot more from mm-hmm. from just a viewer perspective. Like that middle section is so hard to pull off. <laughs> so when you hear the broadcasters talking about the middle sector and how technical it is, like it really is. It's really difficult. It's not like a, a Herman Tilka track that's yeah. like unnecessarily technical for for technicality's sake. It's like they just took the land that they had and those are the best courses where it's like they have a plot of land and they're like how can we make the best track out of this? It follows like the slope of the yeah, the property and everything. That's one of my favorite things about it is like it follows the elevation changes and I'm adding I keep I was telling myself this weekend I'm just going to go to Brazil next year, but I'm also trying to go to a thousand other races including Le Mans, so perhaps I will not next year, but one one year <laughs> I will actually go to yeah, Brazil cuz I want to see be that very type of person. Cool. It's it's just beautiful, and uh, you never know what you're going to get. You know, over the course of the weekend, we had rain, we had hot weather. You know, everything. It's it's awesome, and uh, I love this. I love Interlagos. Mm-hmm. I I do. I really like I really like the elevation changes, just like y'all were talking about. I it's just a very like 
pretty track. Yeah. And I, I like watching the cars go into the corners and just kind of like dip like a little roller coaster. It's fun. It I nice really enjoy it. Flow. Like it, just an ASMR racetrack. Yes, absolutely. Like I was mentioning with the Herman Tilka stuff, there's no point in the course where there's like a super heavy braking zone for no reason. And that is our track walk on this beautiful circuit. Let's get some context to the season going into the Brazil Grand Prix. Alanis, what do we got? Red Bull, as we all know, has won the Drivers' Championship and the Constructors' Championship. That, that's that been decided for a while. Basically, we're just all out there having fun at this point. Um, there's still some spice, though, because even though first place is decided, all the other places need to be decided. So going into Brazil, Mercedes was closing the gap with Ferrari for second place in the Constructors' Championship, which, if you consider the beginning of the season, is kind of wild because at the start of the season, Ferrari was super fast and Mercedes could not do a single thing. And Ferrari has messed up so many times that Mercedes is uh, about to about to pass him for a second, which is really bad. Um, Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc are still fighting for second in the Drivers' Championship, which is about to create a lot of drama. Meanwhile, McLaren and Alpine are wrestling for fourth in the Constructors' Championship, with McLaren only seven points behind Alpine. Alfa Romeo and Aston Martin are battling for sixth, while Aston Martin is just four points behind Alfa. Haas are holding on to eighth in the Constructors' by only one point over Alfa Tari. Man, I didn't realize that Alfa Tari was doing so bad. It's because Pierre has all those penalty points. That's true. Yeah, yeah. he's scoring the wrong kind of points. <laughs> And remember, each position is worth millions in prize money, and the points this weekend could be crucial. Because this was a sprint race weekend, we had qualifying on Friday afternoon, which was packed with interesting moments. Kevin Magnuson and Haas scored their first ever pole position. Hey. Absolutely wild. Yeah, that came thanks to rain in Q3. Uh, K-Meg was one of the first out on the pit lane, which means he got a very quick lap before the rain came down. Uh and then a red flag came out after George Russell crashed and beached his car, and the session never got restarted. So K-Mag held on to that time. It was delightful. You could see Gunther Steiner just having a perfect moment. Just a beautiful, lovely moment for this team that's been struggling for so many years, you know? I mean, it was a lucky break for them, for sure, but, you know, that just adds to team confidence. Like Again, I feel like I say this every other week, but, like, this game is all about the team's Every member on the team gaining confidence from these mm -hmm. moments like this. So very happy to see it. I thought it was really adorable when Kevin Magnuson won the poll. He literally like crossed his eyes in excitement. And everybody thought it was so cute that later they were taking photos of him crossing his eyes again just yeah. to cross his eyes. It was like, like a victory thing. I don't know what happened, but it was really cute. That poll largely came down to strategy. Strategy also totally ruined Ferrari's qualifying. The team was banking on the fact that it would rain on the outlap for everyone. So they put Charles Leclerc on intermediate tires. Uh, it was the wrong choice. He 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 started 10th. It was bad news bears. Verstappen qualified in second for the sprint race. And George Russell, despite his little spin, was third. I'm actually like a really big proponent of sprint races because it's more things for me to watch. I was sad this weekend that there was a sprint race because I wanted Kevin Magnuson I on know. pole for Sunday. Of course, we're talking about sprint races, so let's discuss the full thing. Um, Kevin, Kevin started on pole, and he was out there. It was so exciting. Like, 
he shot off the line and he was out there. It only lasted about two laps um, and Max Verstappen passed him, but it was really exciting. Kevin dropped back throughout the race and he finished in eighth. Um, so, you know, he was still in the points for the sprint race. And so he started the next race in eighth on Sunday. So he did not get to start on pole on Sunday. He started in eighth, but it was still really exciting. Fernando Alonso lost part of his front wing thanks to his quote unquote friend, Esteban Ocon. Uh, afterward, he told the media it's one more race and then it's over. Yeah. Finally, some tension over on the Alpine team. Fernando is just like, he's so cranky. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he missed his afternoon nap and now he's like just upset. He's a cranky man. But Esteban Ocon also is a guy who doesn't take shit from anybody on track. It's pretty great. So you got these two kind of unstoppable force, immovable objects. And that's not <laughs> what you want between teammates, really. No, it really isn't. It, yeah. The vibe there is real bad. But it makes it funny. It does make it, it does. funny. It does. We it's have comical. to admit um, yeah, George Russell was tattletailing on Max Verstappen for track limits because in Formula One, your top skill is probably driving like you want to be a good driver. But your second skill is that you need to be a really good tattletale. You yeah, have you to tell be a on snitch. everybody. You have to be a snitch. You come over your radio. It's such a battle of like linguistics too. Yeah. Like yeah. Yes. making sure that the, the, the stewards heard you say that you felt unsafe and all this stuff. It's so political. It's so, yeah, it's like one of my least favorite aspects of the sport i think but it is very comical to watch it's frustrating but it's funny like it's so annoying when it's happening because it's like oh my god just race each other it wasn't that big of a deal but also like a bunch of these grown adults like tattling on each other because uh, small tiny little things just fantastic formula one loves to advertise how much skill Formula One takes, like actual driving skill. Yet all these dudes are using all this skill and still coming over the radio and making sure they use their like politics words to get other people penalized. So um, more pettiness. Lance Stroll, Sebastian Vettel, teammates for now before Sebastian Vettel retires. Um, Lance Stroll really didn't let Sebastian Vettel in, like kind of pushed him into the grass. And Sebastian comes over the radio and he goes, Okay, <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. That's it. He just said, okay. Um, Lance got a 10-second penalty. Uh, and yeah, he was described as driving erratically. <laughs> Pierre has like the penalty points and the embarrassment that Lance deserves, I think. Like Lance, the last <laughs> yeah, couple races has been so bad. Like it's like, what is going on over there? Come on, man. Pick it up, Lance. On Jalopnik, every, after every race weekend, we do a recap of who has certain amounts of penalty points on their license, and a significant portion of the drivers have penalty points because of a crash with Lance Stroll. Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Later on in the sprint race, uh, we have some drama. Carlos Sainz, Max Verstappen have contact. Um, Carlos Sainz pulls into second, and Max Verstappen loses a little bit of his front wing, but he keeps going. Um and then lap 20, we have like four laps to go or so at this point. Lewis Hamilton passes uh, Max Verstappen. So the results of the sprint race were George Russell in first. Congratulations to him. He got his first, first, quote unquote, Formula One win because it was a sprint race, not a full race. He got a little medal. It was really cute. Um, Carlos Sainz finishes second. Lewis Hamilton third. Max Verstappen fourth. And Sergio Perez in fifth. Um, our Ferraris are down in sixth. 
Uh, well, no, our one Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, is down in sixth. Um, and then the Ferraris, once the race starts, will start having a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking about the Ferraris. I was like, yeah, the Ferraris were way down there. And no, that doesn't happen until the actual race. Um, what do we think about the sprint race in general? I just, I really like the qualifying sets up Sunday, you know, like I sort of get why they experiment with it, but I just don't know what to think. It is more stuff to watch. The thing that made this one interesting was like Kevin Magnuson on pole. That was what made this sprint race particularly interesting. There was a lot of shakeups in the top 10, specifically because of that rain that struck halfway through the qualifying session. Otherwise, it's usually like, pole sitter leads to the end and wins or you know second place takes it yeah so this was like in a naturally interesting one because of external circumstances i was actually kind of sad like i usually i don't know the sprint races kind of are boring so i went out on a saturday for like the first time in 100 years and i was like (laughs) i can't believe like i missed the one good sprint race of the year as a concept they're fine i don't hate them but I don't know. I guess I don't feel strongly either way. If they went away next season, I wouldn't care. And if they keep going, I guess it's like more stuff to watch. So like, whatever. Watching qualifying on Friday at work was kind of nice. Like Formula One on on office hours. I won't complain about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's my point about sprint races. I like having stuff to watch. It's like when Formula One is over at like in a week or so, what am I going to do? For, for like three months before NASCAR starts again. Like, I just died. am I going to have to find a hobby? Yeah. You should pick up disc golf like I did. Oh, I yeah. Guys- oh, yeah. Let me pick up disc golf because I saw Nolan yesterday. Uh, he posted a poll on Instagram and said, children's birthday party on hole six of disc golf. Do I throw the disc or skip the hole? And he put it up to a vote. And I was like, throw the disc. Those yeah. kids need to move. <laughs> yeah. Did you throw the disc, Nolan? No, I didn't. Uh, Why? Because I'm not good. I would have pegged. Actually, I'm not even good enough. I don't even think I would have thrown as far as the the birthday party was. But if I, knowing my luck, I would have hit one of them in the head, and the one of the parents would have beat my ass. Um, that Nolan, course the that I play clearly at, had like ninety six percent for yeah. throw the I know. disc. I know. I posted that after I had left. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's get into our race. Okay, so the finishing order from the sprint decided the starting lineup for Sunday. The first three spots on the grid were George Russell in his second pole position ever. You had Lewis Hamilton with his first front row start this season. And then behind him in third place, Max Verstappen. Let's see if Verstappen can take the victory. Some notable shakeups included Carlos Sainz taking a five-place grid penalty after his sixth new internal combustion engine of the year. Uh, he did finish second during the sprint. He split the Mercedes, but had to take that penalty. And Alex Albon, unfortunately, DNF'd the sprint to start in 19th. And Yuki Sonoda starting from pit road behind Alex. Very unfortunate for the Williams driver. But, you know, that's how it goes when you're on Williams sometimes. No Ouch, offense. Ouch, Nolan. With the sprint race out of the way, the grid is set. Sunday comes around. It's go time. This is the Brazilian Grand Prix at Interlagos. All right. Let's talk about Haas. So Kevin Magnussen's qualifying run, we've covered that. It was amazing. Everyone in the paddock was stoked. He did his best in the sprint. 
And then the green flag happened for the race, and Daniel Ricardo hit Kevin Magnuson on turn oh my eight of the first lap. That was so sad. It, it was, was so sad. I was, yeah. as it was happening, okay, like Kevin's going around the corner. Daniel's coming in a little too hot. I'm like, I had like one of those moments, like in a, not, a, it was like an adrenaline filled moment where time slowed down. I was like, Danny, you're going to crash. You're going to crash him, Danny. You're going to spin. And then he did. He spun Kevin out. Kevin pirouettes. And uh, Danny almost gets away scot-free until Kevin's car uh, comes back for uh, retribution, as Crofty said. (laughs) That's so funny. The car knew what it needed to do, and it needed to wipe out Daniel Ricciardo, and it did its job. What was funny is, so, you know, Daniel Ricardo wrecks Kevin Magnuson. Kevin Magnuson does his little pirouette. And then he's just rolling across the track. And my husband is sitting on the couch because my husband is a very serious eye racer. And he's like, hold the brake! Hold the brake! Hold the brake! And Kevin's just not. He's just rolling, okay? And then Daniel... Like they hit each other and just tear up the cars. Yes. And my husband was like, why didn't you hold that brake? Like my husband was so mad. I think Kevin did make the right move in that moment because as they in the broadcast, they note that like Kevin was in a position where he was spinning around. If mm-hmm. he had hit the brake, like there probably would have been two or three more cars hitting <laughs> each other in that situation. I think Kevin did the right thing. Did take out Daniel, and you know what? That's what happened. Like that, that uh, some instant karma, I think. It, yeah, it really was. Both of those cars were wiped out. Neither finished the race, and that led to our first of several safety cars. Which is wild because you know the rule with Formula One is no one knows how to drive for a lap, right? That's the rule. Like you get through the first lap, and then we're good. Nothing's gonna happen. No, 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 no. They didn't know how to drive on the first lap. And then they're under safety car for about six laps. And then they go back green around lap seven. And they still they don't know how to drive. They the lap. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, after after this, after all this drama, they get out of the way. Um, Kevin Magnuson, Daniel, they're, like, standing in the grass for a little while. Then they go wherever. Um, we get back started, okay? The safety car ends. And Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, they're going into the same corner, right? They're next to each other. And... Lewis kind of squeezes Max. He doesn't give him a lot of room. And they hit each other. And everybody's looking at it and they're debating because Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen is like the battle of the fandoms and everybody's mad. Um, Stewards end up penalizing Max, which I think a lot of people, including the broadcast, were surprised by. Because I was very surprised. It, it kind of was just a racing incident. It was one of those situations where Lewis probably should have given Max a little more room, but... You could argue a lot of things there. I think it was a precedent-setting thing because Verstappen like acknowledged that he knew he wasn't going to have the space to make that yeah move, and he does that quite a bit and just kind of expects that the other person will move out of his way. True. Um, so I th- like part of it was like I kind of get the penalty, but also it's an extremely subjective one based on history and context and all the other nonsense yeah. that goes into the stewarding decisions. The FIA finds itself in another classic FIA pickle where it's like people want them to be more consistent, but the only opportunities they're given to do so are in these kind of murky uh, moments like this. Like you said, Liz, I, you know it's for precedent. I and I'm all I'm all for precedence. Also, Lewis was ahead, so yeah. I mean, it was it was one of those situations where it was like it was kind of murky, and we probably just shouldn't have had a penalty at all. But also, you know. 
Max expects everyone to back off, so I guess we were just being sassy toward Max today. You get a penalty, you get a penalty. Have it. Um, Lewis Hamilton said, that's no racing incident. Uh, completely disagreeing with me. Max Verstappen <laughs> said, he left me no space. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, Max pitted for repairs, you know, fixed the nose, did whatever, got his five-second penalty. Um, there was a lot going on, but Max ends up dropping pretty much to the back of the yeah, field after kind of ruins this. his race for the day really yeah dude is just like sitting back there right and then right after max verstappen and lewis hamilton we have charlotte claire and lando norris they run into each other charlotte claire gets kicked down right where max is in 18th <laughs> and he comes on the radio and he's like he's a dick and Lando Norris is like, I'm not here to let everyone pass. But Lando gets a five-second penalty. It was Lando's birthday. It was a bad day. Um, he had food poisoning this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. He has food poisoning. He gets in a wreck. He has a five-second penalty. 40 laps later, uh, he retires from the race. Uh, his car just stops going. I guess kind of like his his bowels with food poisoning um okay but here's the thing food poisoning is the perfect excuse for everything because oh, no one is going to ask you for details about your food poisoning. yeah because they're like oh did you your brains out or did you throw like nobody wants to know that you know yeah, so exactly. you're good but also i found it really funny that all weekend people were like lando do you still have food poisoning he was like yeah and i'm like why is everybody asking him? <laughs> it's like an automatic don't ask me anything it's answer. It's bad no like, matter I, what. The, yes. both, all details of this are going to be disgusting and you don't need to know. Charlotte Claire as well had a very difficult race. Uh, after he drops all the way back, he gets back up near the front, right? He's, he's running in like fourth or so. Um, and Carlos Sainz is ahead of him. And he comes on the radio and he's like, Please think about the championship. Every point. Think about it. And this translated means, please tell Carlos Sainz, who is like four seconds ahead of me, to just stomp the brakes and let me pass him and let me get third um, so that I can get an extra point in the championship because I'm trying to, you know, fight for second place in the championship. He's begging. And they leave this poor man. It's it's kind of like the end of Titanic um, where we just let Jack drown. We just let <laughs> Charlotte Claire drown out there, which is understandable because how are you going to ask Carlos Sainz to give up a podium just for your point? It wasn't even a close battle. If it was like a tenth of a second, I would be like, yeah, let him go by to have the position. But slow up by like three to four seconds is astounding. Like that's just yeah. awful. That's a lot. And it was it was really funny. I respect the attempt on the radio. It was sad. That man stripped himself bare of all self-respect in public. And we got to watch it. You are talking about a man who gets on Twitch in banana suits. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I would rather wear a banana suit than beg, plead, and hope that Ferrari will choose me. Well, you can't like expect the teammate to give up a podium, even if Carlos currently, uh, you know, he's in sixth place and Charles is battling in a fierce battle with Red Bull's Sergio Perez for second place in the uh, driver's standing. So it makes sense. I see where he's coming from. But like if the roles were reversed, Charles wouldn't do the same for Carlos. Like the podium is just too cool. If it, if it was for fourth place. Sure. I can't believe that Car that Charles is in second is even in the battle for second 
with the f- season that he's had and the mess ups that Ferrari's put yeah. him through, that's like an insane accomplishment on its own. It's true. Poor little boy. Poor little. I'm rich rooting boy. for Charles, but I don't want to. I don't want Ferrari to get the satisfaction of finishing second. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm in the same boat of like I want Charles to do well because I feel like his spirit probably needs it, but I also yes. don't think Ferrari deserves it. You know what? That's right. I need Charles. I want Mercedes somehow to get second in constructors, but Charles to get second in the standings. I don't know how that'd work out, but mm. it's possible. Anyway, George Russell won his first Grand Prix this weekend. George had a great weekend after his little spin in qualifying. He won the sprint race, then reached his first pole position in Formula One, and even got the bonus points for the fastest lap. This is actually the first Mercedes win since Saudi Arabia of last year, and Mercedes's last 1-2 was in 2020. Great result for the team. George actually almost won a race in 2020 when yeah. he took Lewis Hamilton's seat for the Bahrain Two, the second race at Bahrain, which is more of like it, we we like to call it the oval race uh, when it was going on because it was a lot of uh, right hand turns. He almost won that race until he had a tire blowout, and that's when Sergio Perez, driving for Racing Point, uh, was able to step in and take the win. That allowed Sergio to get the Red Bull seat. That was a very consequential race. But yes, so very happy for George. We'd love to see a first-time winner here. I was pulling for Lewis, I have to say, but George definitely earned it. He deserved it. And now I think this is going to be another consequential race, as we'll see, for next season. The first win is the hardest one, and now that he's reached that top step, he knows how to get there again. This is great for Mercedes and George. Next year's going to be gnarly. I'm actually really excited. It's nice to see George get that confidence and... Prove that he can actually get the win because he was so close in Bahrain. And that was like the most heartbreaking thing I've ever watched <laughs> after the yeah. race. I'm just like crying. I mean, he's been he's been so close to it so many times, it feels like. And also, like he's had a lot of uh, we'll say we'll call them learning experiences over the course of his career. He's got the full spectrum F1 experience, I'm going to call it. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing what George Russell can do in the future. Um, I don't know. I like him more this weekend. So we we can't get through this race without talking about the Red Bull drama. So no. oh man, it's a post race drama here. I know, just a hot mess of drama. Honestly, everything was going so well. I know it was horrifying. So on lap sixty seven, Max Verstappen overtook Sergio Perez and was told by his team to kind of speed up and go take out the other two drivers ahead of him to get some points. Uh, on the following lap. Sergio Perez was told on the radio that if he and Max Verstappen were still next to one another during the last lap, that they would change back, which means that Sergio Perez would pass Max Verstappen and get those extra few points that he needs to maintain that second place championship battle. So the final lap comes, Max is told to let Checo pass, and he doesn't. Uh, This isn't even for a podium. Uh, He finished, Max Verstappen finished in sixth place, Checo in seventh. Uh, When his engineer asked Max what happened, Verstappen responded, I told you already last time, don't ask that again to me. Are we clear about that? I gave my reasons and stand by it. The rumor that we have going around currently, both in Dutch media and reported on the race today, is that uh, Perez intentionally crashed during qualifying in Monaco, which prevented Max Verstappen from taking his final qualifying lap. So Perez then was third on the Monaco grid with Verstappen behind him, and Sergio Perez won that race. 
Which seems astoundingly like holding a grudge for a really long time. Yeah. Um, not, I'm not going to lie. Like Max won a lot of races this year with Checo's help and probably would not have won the championship this quickly if he actually had a teammate that was doing battle against him. Um, Perez said, quote, after all I've done for him, it's a bit disappointing, to be honest. I have no idea. I'm really surprised. It was embarrassing for Verstappen to show... Like, he showed his ass in a really lot of ways. Really showed his, his whole yeah. ass. Yeah. The, the whole entire ass. And it was, like, <laughs> really, I don't know. It, I wasn't totally shocked by it. I knew when they gave him that order that he wasn't going to take it. But that really... I didn't think they were going to give him the order. I really didn't. I was surprised they yeah. did. I mean, I was shocked that they did as well. But I was I was more shocked that they actually had an expectation that perhaps he would follow through. Um, because Max is just not the kind of driver who's going to give up a place for anyone else, even though he has already won the championship. Uh, it just doesn't matter to him. That is the most like astounding part of it. It's like, dude, you yeah. already won the championship. Like, I, it was such a baby moment to me. Like, I was like astounded in that. Like, I've so I am not like we all know this. If you've been listening to the podcast, I am not a massive Max Verstappen fan, but I have been really impressed by how he's matured in the recent years. He's not been perfect. There was still room for improvement, but he's no longer been that kind of petulant teenager. But this really brought him back to that kind of attitude. It was really disappointing yeah. to see, um, especially for the just on the team perspective, like I don't know. You're fighting for sixth and seventh. You're not fighting for anything of note or value aside from a second place for the team. And yeah. that's, yeah, you you should probably be willing to sacrifice perhaps a smidge, just a smidge of performance if you've already helped the team win your constructors championship and the drivers championship. Yeah. I've been one of those guys where it's like, look, yeah, Max used to be kind of a douche when he was younger. Like he was a hothead in the Toro Rosso and early Red Bull days. Sure. But look, yeah, he's really matured. When he was 16? Yeah. He's matured guys. He's different now. I was one of those people mm -hmm. very likely possibly on this show. Uh, <laughs> and now I've been proven, <laughs> I've been proven wrong. Doesn't feel good. Mm -mm. Thank you, Max. Uh, love it. Look, there's going to be a lot of talk about the whole Monaco thing. Uh, I would take that with a big old pinch of salt, not even a grain, but like a, a chef's pinch of salt. Uh, Just scoop it up with your hand. Yeah, we'll see. Because, I mean, <laughs> if that stuff is true, I mean, there's some real consequences on the table for that. Like, Checo could lose that win. He could be disqualified and everything. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. I wouldn't be so flippant about that. Yeah, that's that's really bad for you and the team. And if it is found that he is intentionally crashed in order to gain a position, that's sets a negative precedent that could result in a lot of negative things like yes. the championship points entirely being taken away from Treco or the team. Yeah. Uh, so on his own radio channel, Paris said, thank you for that, guys. Thank you. Christian Horner said, I'm sorry about that, Checo. And Paris replied, it shows who he really is. But I, I perhaps have some extra drama. Uh, Max Verstappen's mom, Sophie, was on Instagram after all of this was going on. And she said, and I quote, and then in the evening, cheating on his wife in regards to Checo at Monaco. Oh. So, yeah, there's oh, a lot. Oh, my of, goodness. There's a lot of accusations oh, being thrown around. It's just... 
yeah simmering under the surface oh yeah, my god a... where did she put this i gotta find uh, it this. was in All this for sixth place and he's already got the championship like i just and don't the team has the championship it's not like there's we're all we're all benefiting by this i if i'm oh christian horner goodness. right now i'm like this is this is a pr nightmare can you imagine just like dragging your into public like can you imagine max verstappen's mom logs on the internet and she's like all right let's go for sixth place like you're not even the main story of that weekend you had like a so-so race all the press is gonna be all about george and everything this week it's gonna be great like blah 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 kevin magnuson still might be getting some press and it's like then to go and do this is just a such an own goal like unforced error of massive proportions all this stuff's coming out oh man and if this monaco stuff is true again fat three finger pinch of salt to season your beef stew with that the thing i love about motorsports is that within respective racing series it's like it's like high school like everybody is talking about each other everybody is saying rumors about each other and you know you often have to kind of like nudge your way in there to hear the rumors, but no, 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 no. We're just logging on Instagram no. and posting stuff now. Like, oh my goodness, this is a lot. Alanis, it's because it's because a lot of these drivers don't even go to high school; they get homeschooled while they're <laughs> while they're while they're traveling around the world doing their racing thing. This they is never high leave high school. school. They, this is high school oh for them. God. They never graduate because they're gonna because they're gonna look back and this is gonna be the best time of their life. No. It's never getting any better. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, we have to assign everyone a click. So what I want everyone to do is log on to formula1.com and click drivers, and you're going to get the full grid of drivers. And we're just going to go one by one. We're going to assign everybody a click. Um, Max Verstappen is on the soccer team. <laughs> okay. He's, he's like the ultra jock. Yeah, he's like a total ultra jock on the soccer team. He doesn't talk to you. He will like... He'll like huff in your presence. Like he'll be like, oh, ugh. total jock, but not on the football team. He's on the soccer team. Valtteri Botas. He's in band. He plays the French horn. He is absolutely <laughs> French horn. Yeah. <laughs> he picked the instrument that like wasn't an option, but he wanted it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. He had to special yes. order it from the music store because the, the, <laughs> the school didn't have it in their uh, in the armory or whatever they call it. Um, Charlotte Claire um, drives his. Uh, Porsche Boxster to school because his parents his parents wanted to buy him a nice car, but he didn't know kind of what car. And so instead of picking like a 911 or something like real cool, he was like, yeah, Boxster. He's the rich kid who doesn't have any sense of what's actually Correct. cool because he's exactly. never talked to anyone outside of rich kids. Yes. So he's wearing like all the name brands and everything. And everybody's like, oh, you don't get out much, do you? Checo. Checo is on debate team one and two. He's on whatever the school equivalent is of like, um, you know, mock government. So like world oh, yeah, government. Yeah. It's like student UN. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Student UN. That's what he's on. He's a student. Because if you look at Checo, Checo looks like a local politician. Like he really does. He does. He owns like a very successful chain of restaurants and is yes. also on the city council. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Student UN. All right. Uh, let's go down That's the list. That's so funny. George Russell. George Russell. George Russell looks George like. George Russell is the smart kid. 
Like he's absolutely. the teacher's pet. He's you also forget that he's in band. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's a yeah. cool kid. He hangs out he's, with the cool kids. He's the one that like bounces between, so he's yes. like the smart kid, but he's also a jock, but also yeah. like Yeah. He's he, nice to He's the lettered losers. in a lot of stuff. Lewis yeah. Lewis is like the coolest guy and that's because yes. i'm yes biased. he does art and he makes music but like the music is actually good yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah he runs this school yeah carlos also on the soccer team yes yeah. but like everyone thinks he's cute but like in a goofy way like there's just not much going on up there um <laughs> but everybody's like oh he's cute <laughs> right? Uh, right. okay sure yeah, yeah. you're not wrong Right, that's what he looks like. We're going based on like based looks and looks, vibes okay. here. Lando, yeah. Lando's the anime kid. Lando oh, is the anime yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, totally. Esteban's also an anime. Well, Esteban is more, the, but he's captain he's, of the basketball team yeah. too. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say he like he looks like he plays board games like D and D. Yes, but also basketball team too. Okay, yeah. like yeah. physically, he has no choice but to play basketball. He hangs with the kid. He, would he hangs with be the. D&D. He hangs with both groups. Fernando. Yeah. Fernando he's, is. He's, he's a, a teacher. teacher, but he's the hall monitor. <laughs> so, like, he's the teacher who stands in the hallway and, like, yells at everybody and is like, put your headphones away. Yeah. We're not supposed to have we headphones. Gotta go. but we gotta he's go. the teacher who dress codes all the girls, yeah. and you know yes. it. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> um, we got we to gotta rapid fire this. Valtteri, he plays French horn. Sebastian, he's in, like, we had, we had like, he's an environmental group at school. Yeah. Yeah. Plants trees. Daniel, he's smoking weed in the in yeah. the bathroom. Uh, Kevin, Kevin's Kevin also smoking a, weed Kevin in the bathroom. Kevin's like a TA. He's like a student teacher. That he he's way too old for high school. That's true. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Pierre, Pierre's also he he also he also burns. He also tokes up, but like <laughs> he not has in like, five not in, girlfriends. Not in like a cool way. Yeah. He has five uh, girlfriends, and he thinks that he can take them all to prom on the same night, and they won't notice. Oh, what a classic hijinks. Um, Lance, he's he's the Canadian. He's the Canadian exchange student. He's playing board <laughs> games at the table with Esteban. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks like he plays board games. Uh, yeah. Mick is on the football team. Oh, I was going to mm-hmm. say like junior ROTC. Oh. Oh, yeah. 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 Very intense looking. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see it. Um. Yuki, oh my god, what does Yuki do? Yuki is everywhere. Everyone, he's Yuki's one of those kids that like everybody loves Yuki because he's so funny and like true. But he's like unintentionally funny. You know, he's yeah. not cracking jokes. Some of the jokes are made at his expense, maybe. But like everybody loves him. Joke on you. Interesting guy. He's just fashionable, and yes. everybody's like, man. I wish I looked like him. Yeah. yeah. He's got the Balenciaga shoes. And you're like, dude, yes. how do you even and afford like, that? Where'd you get those? You and work he's at like, Vons. yeah, these, how'd you these do weren't this? even for sale. Like, <laughs> nah, I just got these because I'm me. That's it. Um, Alex Alwan. What's going on with Alex? He's Alex getting has, stuffed in a locker. Totally. Side note Alex has like the saddest profile picture <laughs> on his I know. Um, Alex is on the competitive writing team at school where oh, they yeah. give you yeah. essay yeah. prompts yeah. and you have to write stories with the prompts. That's lovely. Yeah. Nicholas yeah. Latifi. This dude is in AV club. He's audio video tech. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're Nick right. Nick DeVries, like I mentioned, he looks like a character from Recess. Nick DeVries is the middle schooler who takes some high school <laughs> classes. Was, oh, oh, that hurts. Out, out, That's so out. funny. And then Nico uh, Hulkenberg, he's, he's, he's the guy the, who shows up like once a week. Yeah. Nico Hulkenberg is a student goes, teacher that graduated from the school that they're all at. 
Yeah, he keeps coming back. Yeah, he's coming he back. Everybody's gonna like him. Yeah. 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 All right, please. If you okay. have other thoughts, tweet us at Donut Racing Show on Twitter. I want to hear what you guys think. That was a great race. Um, I have a new segment I want to do at the top of each episode. Maybe next time we'll do it. Called Skip, Skim, or Relive. Okay. You know, I like to think of this podcast is that you can like listen to it and not have to watch. If you miss the race, you can listen to the show and kind of get the vibe of the race mm-hmm. and be good for the next one. And the one. vibe of everybody's personal lives, evidently. Yes. Yes. But like there's certain races that you do not have to watch that you do not have yeah. to want. You don't have to you don't have to watch them. There's ones where you can watch the highlights and then there's ones where you should watch the whole thing. This is a relive for me. I think you got to watch the whole thing again. If you missed it. Great race. Our race results this week, we got George Russell winning it, taking it home with Hamilton in second place, Carlos Sainz in third, fastest lap by your George Russell. Driver of the day voted was Lewis Hamilton. So after the race, the World Drivers' Championship is looking pretty intriguing. Going into the final round at Abu Dhabi, you got Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc tied for second place with 290 points. Mercedes is still on Ferrari's tail with only 23 points to go for second place in the World Constructors' Championship. And Alfa Romeo is only five points ahead of Aston Martin for sixth place. Abu Dhabi is not the most exciting track, although now that they've changed it, it is a little bit better. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting up at four in the morning for this one. I hope that Checo finishes second. I I think he deserves it. I think... This man has loyally served his race team. Yes. Yes. Done whatever they have told him. This man, he defends. He defends like his life depends on it. When Red Bull tells him he needs to do something, this man deserves it. He is the ultimate golden retriever for Red Bull. Does whatever they say. Sit, walk, sit, whatever, roll over. He does Let everything they say. He does it. He's a team player. Very well. True team player. Yes. He is loyal. And I hope he gets second. And I hope he's like, heh, I did it anyway. And I hope the drama continues because I want to know all about all their personal lives. Oh, man. There is a lot of drama. Okay. So it's time for our final segment of the week. It's our favorite segment. It's Boyfriend of the Week. It's where we acknowledge who's the best. It can be anybody. It can be a driver, car, moment, somebody online, perhaps. Whoever, uh, this is middle school rules. It's just for the week only. Uh, no husbands. Ladies, Alanis, how about you lead us off with your pick for boyfriend of the week? Wow, my boyfriend of the week is the safety car. Um, <laughs> we're not supposed to see the safety car very much, but we sure did see it over the weekend. And it was nice. It was a nice reunion. Sure was. Uh, Liz? I am going to go with Russell's race engineer, Ricardo Moscone, who was invited onto the podium and I am sure is looking through the photos today on Getty, trying to select a nice one for his wall and realizing that after he got sprayed with champagne, all you could see were his nipples. Oh man, my boyfriend of the week are the rainforest cafe ass trophies that they gave oh out God. on the podium yeah, yes um very colorful uh very <laughs> very uh, uh striking trophies um yeah i thought i thought they were lovely i was laughing when i saw them whoever designed those thank you thank you very Elizabeth, much 
you were not kidding this is some nipple action it was it was just nips oh my goodness (laughs) it looks like his shirt has polka dots on it (laughs) oh my goodness this is amazing i love this i would absolutely want a photo photo. like a nice photo for his wall with georgia's first win and we're gonna have that in it photoshop is very advanced these days you could you could doctor that out you could you'll be fine (laughs) rainforest cafe trophy we're oh man all right thank you for listening to the donut racing show if you like this episode please subscribe to all your friends and enemies leave us a review why don't you maybe we'll read it on air here's one from ed gurr fans being fans and discussing the races as normal fans would without any overly technical stats talk hot goss but minimal drama well we gotta take that drama dial and turn it up to max uh maybe not not really uh Liz. Our next episode will cover the final race of the season in Abu Dhabi. I cannot believe that we're at the end of the year. I'm kind of sad. I'm, it hits this time of year and I'm like, tear up a little bit. Uh, we can't wait to see how things shake out. Who will get second in the driver's championship if it's Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez? Will Max block Sergio's chances at a second place? Uh, can Mercedes close the gap with Ferrari? And how will the best of the rest shake out? So, um... Here's my suggestion. If you're listening to this and you are in any way connected to the Red Bull racing team, if you work there, if you know anybody, um, I need you to to plant some <laughs> some issues between Max and Checo. Like I I need I need us to like create some booby traps for for them to <laughs> fall into because I need them to be so mad at each other by the time this season ends that they're just seething the entire off season and just talking about each other on Instagram and not only them, but like their moms and their families and every, I want, I want everybody sharing a lot of personal drama. Social media manager at Red Bull, please get both of the drivers together and have them relive all of their spiciest moments uh, and radio commentary directed toward each other while sitting in the same room. I want to see that. Debate club because Checo Mm -hmm. is on debate club and we need Max to kick Checo with a soccer ball because Max is on the soccer team. Um, We need them to be mad. If you're not familiar with Donut, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history podcast called Pass Gas. Check them both out. Um, Elizabeth and I wrote a book on Formula One, the rich energy scandal. It's called Racing with, with Rich Energy and you can just Google it and find where to buy it. We also have this wonderful webpage on our website. It's richenergybook.com slash how dash to dash order. And it will tell you how you can buy it in the US, internationally, ebooks, physical books, and audio formats, which are coming very soon. Uh, you can follow the Donut Racing Show on Twitter at Donut Racing Show. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alanis N. King, Elizabeth, Aliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Aliz A. Blackstock on Instagram. And you can follow Nolan J. Sykes on both. That's we right. will see you next time when hopefully Red Bull has completely imploded and everybody is having lots of drama. We cannot wait. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.